Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. For some time now, we have been studying about who we are, understanding ourselves. We have the spirit of God, we have the spirit of man, of man. We have the soul, which has in itself the mind, the will, and the emotions, and we have our human body. Praise the Lord. He said, this is the flow. This is the flow of God. In our lives, we've learned a lot over this series, which in the preview of time we have, I won't be able to go over everything. But I would like you to still picture and put in mind that diagram. I promised myself I'll be writing properly on the board after a while when I watch myself. And I looked at what I wrote there. It doesn't look as if I fulfilled that promise. Amen. But just take it like this for now. Now we'll be examining the nature of man all the way from creation through the fall and the recreation. We still remember the story of how Satan came, robbed us of our privileges, our rights, our position. Man's spirit was no longer connected to God until Jesus Christ had to come and reconnect our spirit. But we say we should still be careful. And that's why we talked about the soulish and being spiritual or being soulish. Is your soul still ruling you or is your spirit still ruling you? Your spirit is ordained, is designed to rule your person. And there are certain things we said you need to do to make sure that you are spiritual and not soulish. Praise God. Man... We learn that man is created by is a crea- is created as a triune being in the likeness of God by a triune God. Man is a spirit, has a soul, and lives in a body. Praise God. And uh, last week we are we were answering the question: Why do I have a body, or why do we need a body? Uh, last week we let me quickly recap about last week Uh, we saw in the word of God that God has a total commitment towards humanity has a total commitment towards man Uh, to me I believe this is one of the greatest one of the most astonishing facts and revelations in the scripture that God the almighty God the creator of heaven and earth will choose to dwell with man it's one of the most astonishing revelations. You think of it for a minute. That the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, would just choose to live with you inside this frail thing called body. And it's his decision. Not that you did anything that makes him want to desire you. He created you in the first place, but he has desired it. The psalmist was mesmerized by this. That's why he said in Psalm 8, what 
man that thou art so mindful of him. You have him so much in the center of your mind. You are bigger than what man can do or say or want to do or can want to say. But you have chosen. It mesmerizes me. It, 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 it makes you go for all. How can the creator of the whole universe choose to live on the inside of it? It's a great privilege. My prayer for you is that you will take advantage of this privilege and not mess it up. Because if there's anything humanity has done, it has messed up this privilege and right and position. Praise God. And all through the Bible, not only does he, did he reveal this desire, he has it in plan. He has planned it throughout the Bible. You can see the plan of God in it. That he has planned it. That he will dwell on the inside of man. A dwelling place for God. Huh. More and more it's revealed from the old until we get to the New Testament. And of course in the Old Testament he had temporal dwelling places. An example is the tabernacle of Moses. That wasn't his own desire. He just chose that he wants to dwell amongst men. But that's not the ultimate. That's not where he really wanted to. Another one is the temple of Solomon. We looked at this last week, Solomon's temple, which to me is the most expensive, elaborate, glorious, gorgeous, most costly building on the surface of the heart in human history. Even the people, the craftsmen that had to do the crafts in that building, had to be, God had to breathe specially into them. People like Urel, they carried their own design skill from heaven. They, did, they were not trained on the earth. Those are the kind of craftsmen that came to do God's work. No wonder he says, he was trying to demonstrate to you when he says, man was fearfully and wonderfully made to know that where God will dwell is not going to be ordinary. But he revealed his desire. He said, I don't want to dwell with temples made with human eyes. That's not my ultimate. I just gave you a shadow of what I really wanted. And what was it? It's you. Everybody says it's me. It's you he wants. It's you he wants to dwell in. Praise God. We saw it in the New Testament after the revelation finally came. When he himself said that... Ye are all lively stones, and he wants to dwell amongst you. So, each of us as individuals, when we come together, we see that that's a dwelling place of the Lord. He wants to dwell in us by revelation of the Holy Ghost, in the person of the Holy Spirit, to dwell amongst us. That is one. Not only that, we now saw ultimately that he wants to dwell with us, in us, individually. So all the while from creation, this was where God was coming. Wants to dwell in us. The materials that made your body were carefully selected. Praise God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Even science, if, if, if your body physiology cannot, cannot make you being shocked, I wonder what you can believe. Praise God. Is it the number of uh, uh, signals that are in the human body? The signals. I was being told that we have 
over a million signals. I don't know what this is. I'm not a medical doctor. But when they are saying this thing sometimes, it, it dazes me. That what are these people talking about? What's the human brain that can, can, can put this together? It's beyond the human thoughts. What can put our physiology together? That's just telling you how marvelous you are, how marvelous you have been created, and how wonderful it is, the thought of the almighty God to want to dwell on the inside of you. Come on, appreciate yourself and appreciate the person at a social distance to do, praise God. Since this is the social distance era, just appreciate the person. Brother, sister, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I appreciate you from there. You are designed to be a piece of the master. You know you're a masterpiece. Tell your neighbor, do you know you're a masterpiece? Praise God. It's a masterpiece. I said humorously about two weeks ago, that's why I wonder why people want to go for all these kind of surgeries. Amen. The, the ear, the, the eyelashes are already sufficient, they are enough, but people are grafting it again now. But you are already fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, no offense to those who are grafting it in, maybe that's your choice, but I'm just trying to say to you that you are cool already. You are great already. You see, everything has been having upgrade. You understand? Computer, they say go for upgrade. They say this one, go for upgrade. That one, go for upgrade. But you see, you are so fearfully and wonderfully made, great that you don't need an upgrade. Praise God. Your version is the correct version till you say bye-bye to this world. Do you understand what I'm saying? Come on, appreciate yourself one more time. Appreciate yourself. God has done big work in you. Amen. We come in different shapes, different sizes. It doesn't matter. Everyone is fearfully and wonderfully made. Praise God. Even in our domain, in our approach, we are, we are unique. Praise God. Amen. Look at somebody like my son, Bingana. Praise God. And you are trying to select where people should walk. Praise God. Somebody like Binga, when he comes into church, you can't go and put him in place where he needs to greet people. Praise God. You don't do that. Praise God. You put him in a place like holy police. Uh -huh. He's fearfully and wonderfully made. There are some sisters in church now. I won't mention them because I'm no more safe. When I mention Benga, I know Benga is my son. You can't, but there are some people in church now. Praise God. You can't put them in ushering departments and say, welcome people. You just see that the crowd coming in has reduced. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. But when you need stations to say, please, take one copy and move on. Uh -huh. That's why you need to put such people. One copy and move on. The way, even if you don't know how many copies, the way the person will look at you, you will know how many copies you should take. Praise God. Tell somebody you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I appreciate you one more time. Come on, appreciate the neighbor, your neighbor. Pray. Amen. So, in rounding off that, uh, we said the materials were carefully selected in making you. And there's one thing also I want you to know, God's provision for your body. We looked at that also, and I want to reinforce it. 
Because one of the things about your body is that you should not also permit, you should not permit the devil to make, uh, 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 to make a caricature of your body. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. God has decided to dwell in your body. So therefore, you must take good care of your body via the provisions that God has made. One of the things God has made, provision he has made for your body is that his spirit to dwell in you. The Bible says in Romans 8, 11, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will not do what? Quicken. Another translation says it will give life. Another one says it will vitalize your body. So the spirit has been given to help your body. It's a provision of God. You need to take advantage of that. The second thing given to your body is also the word of God. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, starting from 22, it talks about the word of God being a mape, being medicine, being health to your flesh. Praise God. Those are the two powers of creation. He has made provision for his word. He has made provision for his spirit. His word is life unto all those who find it. And medicine to their flesh. So putting these two together, we have the power of creation working in your body. That's why you shouldn't allow anything. Doctors report health and body malfunctioning to function for you. Because it negates the word of God. For you and your children. Praise God. And this revelation will surely set you free. Amen. Let's quickly read Psalm 33 verse 6. Psalm 33 verse 6. We'll see this. The power of creation in operation. Psalm 33 verse 6. Can you? Now, I'm going to make you participate today. Those of you in the house. Uh, so, make sure that you have your Bible close by. It's a Bible study, and I want you to participate today. Even though this is online-based, but uh, we want to start getting into the church groove again. Amen. So, by the word of the Lord, were the heavens made, that's the power of creation in operation, and all their host by the breath of what? Of his might. So you see the breath of God, which is representing the spirit of God, the word of God, they are the two powers of creation. Praise God. We also learned last week about our responsibilities towards the body. Do you still remember that? Let's quickly go over it. We learned five of them. Number one, offer your bodies as what? Living sacrifices. Number two, present your body to receive the Holy Spirit individually. You need to receive the Holy Ghost individually. Number three, present your members as instruments of righteousness. In other translations, it's weapon. In the Greek, it's a weapon of righteousness. Your members are weapons. Glory be to God. Your tongue is a weapon. It's a member. Amen? Number four, keep your body holy. Keep your body holy. Don't mess with your body. Don't, don't make it do things. Put it under control. Put it under check. The body wants to go a wire sometimes. Put it under check. Don't allow it to. Amen. And number five, maintain your body. Maintain your body. Amen. So today in this con uh, concluding part of this who I am, we want to talk about uh, 
Life's destiny. Life's destiny. That is, at the end of the day, where is your destination? Where are we going? With all your spirit, with all your soul, with all your body, where are you going to end up at the end of the day? When you finish your part in this part of eternity, what's going to happen at the end of the day? So let's look at scriptures to see. We have seen who we are. We have seen what we are. We have seen the different responsibilities we should do and participate in. Uh, let me quickly make a disclosure. I don't think we'll finish this today, but it's okay. In this month of growth, you will grow. Amen? Come on, tell yourself, I'm going to grow. I'm growing. I'm going to intentionally grow this month in the name of Jesus. So the ultimate of our journey is not just getting to heaven. Praise God. We want to make heaven. We want to get to heaven. But it's not only that. It's not just that. The ultimate of our journey is the redemption of our body. You see, this earthly body that we are carrying is not the body that we are going to use in heaven. Whoa. Whoa. Who can guess what happened? Huh. Uh, uh, wrong marker. Huh. Praise God. Seems somebody set me up here. Okay, God is on my side. I cannot be denied. The blood has been applied. All right. Okay. So the ultimate of our journey, like I'm saying, is not just getting to heaven. It's the redemption of our body. Because it's for God. It's God who is going to redeem our spirit, soul, and body. That's the ultimate at the end of the day. Saving our spirit, soul, and body. Philippians 3, 8 to 14. Philippians 3, 8 to 14. Let's quickly read that. Philippians 3, 8. But more than that, I count everything as loss compared to the... No, not amplified. I want King James Version. Okay. Yeah, doubtless... I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found of him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteous, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead, underline the word resurrection of the dead there, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend for that which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Verse 13, brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that which are behind, and reaching forward for those things which are before. And verse number 14, uh, I press forward towards the mark of the price of the high calling in Christ Jesus. 
Blessed be God. Where is Sister Amanda? Amen. You see, when a man, a human being, departs or ceases to exist from this part of eternity, two things happen in this realm of a spirit, soul, and body. Number one, this natural body goes into the earth. All right? Secondly, your spirit and soul goes to face their eternal destination. What simply that means is this. The Bible says it is appointed unto man how many times to die? Once to die. And immediately after that death is what? Judgment. All right. So, understanding this, but there is a resurrection. You know, what we are dealing with today is, what did I call the topic today? Life's destiny. So we want to see what is going to happen to us. Who am I? This is the type of person I am. Some people don't know what's going to happen to them after. You should know what will happen to you after. Praise God. So that what will happen to you after will keep you in check. Hello? Will keep you in check. What manner of person you are supposed to be in this part of eternity? That's why we don't behave ourselves anyhow. We behave ourselves as one going somewhere. Praise God. For example, if you have a flight to catch tomorrow, let's say 6 a.m., and it is 12 midnight, you are still planning to watch a movie 12 midnight. Don't you think you are risking something? Okay, you are risking it. And you know, these days, when you want to travel, praise God. Even if you are the most important dignitary, if you are not there two hours before time, they are not going to respect you anymore. You know that? One small, somebody as young as your child can tell you, oh, sorry, sir. <laughs> uh, the gates are now closed. And I tell you they are closed. Do you understand? So if you are going somewhere, what is the natural thing to do? You prepare for where you are going. Am I correct? You prepare. You prepare every wise. You prepare in terms of the mode of transportation, the time of transportation, living time, estimated arrival time. You make sure you do everything properly. Amen? You travel light when you are supposed to travel light and so on and so forth. Praise God. Amen. So a time is coming that the body again will be united with the spirit and soul. A time is coming that will, that will take place. And when that is going to take place, it's not going to be the same physiological body. It's going to be a resurrected body. What kind of body did I call it? Okay, I'm going to show you scriptures that show that, but I just want you to have a mental picture. You're going to have a resurrected body. Now, that resurrected body is still going to look like you. In a way, it's going to be interested anyway, how it's going to be. It's going to still look at it like you in the form and shape that you will still be recognized. 
it's still going to be the same Pastor Dale. Oh, my daughter might be watching, Pastor Dale. All right? It's still going to be the same Minister Gwenga. Is it going to be the same Pastor Dupe? Is it going to be the same Minister Emery? Is it going to be the same Sister Sarah? Is it going to be everybody's name? We're going to recognize ourselves. Amen? But it's not the same body. It's not the same body, physiological body that still depends on human food to survive. Praise God. Amen? It's not going to be the body that is bound by time. Do you understand? It's, going to be not, it's not going to be the body bound by time. There are certain things the body can do at that time. Praise God. This kind of body, like I was describing it for somebody in my household, he said, Pastor, that's going to be scary. You know? If you have a door in front of you, that body, no door can stop it. You just go, wow, wow. It's scary, right? You've watched too many horror movies. That's your problem. There's nothing scary about it. Praise God. It's called the resurrected body. Let me hear your word and say amen. Amen. <coughs> amen. Now, this is good to know because there are a lot of, uh, I think it's better. Yeah, I think I've concluded now. We'll go as far as we can go, but we can't finish it today because I want to break it down even at the millennia, because some people, this is the first resurrection. I'm jumping my notes. Let's go. All right. Uh, thank you, Jesus. There will be... Hmm. I'll start this. This is the word resurrection. This is the meaning of resurrection in Greek. Resurrection. Ex anastasis. So the X here is it means out of. Something coming out of. Out of. So when he's saying resurrection of the dead, is resurrection out of the dead. Now it's not every dead person that will be resurrected in the first resurrection. In the first resurrection, that's why the Bible says, pray that you be part of the first resurrection. Because there's another resurrection that is coming. It's a bad one. Okay, you don't understand. All right, let me quickly tell you the story of the future of the human race. What is the next thing everybody is waiting for? We are in different dispensations. Six dispensations. We are waiting for one more dispensation. Dispensation simply means the dealing of God with man at a particular time. The dealing of God with man at a particular time. It's called what? Dispensation. God bless you. Now, there were days, there were times... God dealt only with man. There was no temple. There was no church. There was no house of God. There was no tabernacle. There was nothing. He would just speak a man. He would deal with the man, and the man deals with his family. Like the time of Abraham, 
like the time of Noah. You understand? That's the dispensation of man. God dealt with man directly. There was a time of dispensation. I mean, the dispensation where God dealt with a nation called Israel. And that nation, only that nation, they had a temple they had to go to. They had a tabernacle. They had priests. They had to worship and so on and so forth. That was the dealing of God at that particular time. In fact, to deal with their sins, they had to kill bulls. They had to keep goats. They had to keep sheep and lambs. That dispensation is over. You see anybody killing lambs now? Uh-uh. You understand? That dispensation is gone. So dispensation was the time dealing of God with man at a particular time. Now, if you count the dispensation from creation till now, this is the sixth dispensation. It's called the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. This is the time the whole human race is given opportunity for salvation. Immediately after this dispensation, what will wrap up this dispensation is called, I'll give you the Hebrew word later. Let's just get the story. It's called what? Can you read that? Or oh, my writing is still, oh, my, my writing needs salvation. <laughs> No? Okay. What's that called? Rapture. Okay, very good. Rapture, the word rapture you will not find in the Bible. The word rapture is not a word in the Bible, but it describes an event. An event whereby the Lord will appear in the sky, in the sky with a loud trumpet sound. And the Bible says, those of us who the Bible says those of us who are alive, amen? The Bible says those of us who are alive will be caught up in the air. And those that are dead in Christ will do what? Will rise from the dead. That is what is called resurrection of the dead. It's an experience. Praise God. It's a wonderful thing to see the transformation within a twinkle of an hour. Uh, because somebody once asked me one, okay, is it that body, but the bones would have rotten, the, 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 the bones would have, even those who have died thousands of years ago, they might not have bone again. So how can the dead rise up from their grave? How would it be possible? It's not that same physiological body. Do you understand that? It's a resurrected body. Is a spiritual body. Amen? So, but the Bible says the dead in Christ will also rise. So some people say, I don't want to be dead that time because it will be late. You know, if you are alive, they say we are, the people who are alive will be the first one who will go and the dead will catch up later. Praise God. Praise God. Whichever way, just be caught up. <laughs> Not being caught up is the problem. All right. So that's the event called rapture. Now, you never ask the question, what about those who had died? They are not born again. They are not saved. What will happen to those people or where are those people now? You didn't ask that question. Okay, I'm helping you ask that question. Hello? 
You didn't get my point. Did you get it or not? It's Bible study. You are free to say, Pastor, take that again. I didn't grab it. Okay? What I'm saying is this. Some people will be alive. This is Sister... Okay, let's not mention names. Some people will be alive. Some people will be... In the grief. And let's assume that out of these four graves I showed, two of them are born again. Now, let's say this grave is, each grave I've showed here is representing uh, a billion people. Now, out of these billions of people, how, so if one is representing a billion, how many billions do we have here? Four billion, very good. Let's assume that each one of these ones is representing a billion too. So how many billions do we have here? Three, okay. Now, out of these three, out of these three, one, only one gets raptured. So how, how many billion do we have left behind? Two billion. Out of these uh, ones in the grave, two of the four gets raptured. So how many do we have left? Two billion, two billion, right? Now, these two billion here, they will eventually die. Correct? All right. So if these two billion people die, Two billion. And these two billion people who are dead already. All right? Where will they be? Hello? Where will they be? These ones will eventually die too. They will join them. So what will happen to them? Okay. Let me tell you the story. When these ones have been raptured, they are going to be in a place in the firmament for how many years? Seven years. They are going to be enjoying. This is the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is what I used to tell the boys when we were in university. All this party that, is, that you are selling your lives out, there is a party that Jesus is going to host for me. Have you ever been to a party that lasted seven years? You see, you, you haven't been there. So, so why are you killing yourself over the one that will last just one night? See, seven years. Somebody said, won't he be born in there? And I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Praise God. We are going to have fun. That's where I may have planned my own visitation at that time. Who am who I'm visiting? I'm going to first go to Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul. Ah, ah. How did you kill Stephen that way? You stoned the guy to death. How, when you first got to heaven and you saw Stephen, how did you guys? Yeah, there are some questions we are having. I'm going to see all these guys and we are going to talk. I'm going to talk about David. Tell the truth. Were you scared when you saw Goliath? Or, because the story we read about you was different. You know, you, you, it's going to be a party. You are going to enjoy yourself. 
You are going to have all the, you, you say smoothie. Is this smoothie you are drinking here? You drink smoothie prepared by angels. Amen. Praise God. Anyway, in a nutshell, it's going to be fun. This, well, in my own, in my own leisure time, this is what I do. I think scriptures. I think about scriptures. I think about, um, I'm always reading, looking for scriptures that describe the party, how it's going to be. Anyway, for seven years, Jesus is going to be celebrating us. Going to be celebrating all the sacrifices you made, all the temptations you are giving, you said no, all the all the things people lured you into and were supposed to take you, you said no. All the places you didn't bend, you stood up for righteousness. So he's going to celebrate you. He's going to uh, sh shed his love over you again, embrace you, hug you, celebrate you that I'm so proud of you and everything. Praise God. While these seven years is going on, the first three and a half years, there's going to be something else going on. That is why the issue of the pandemic, all the, all the controversy theory that you are seeing or you have heard of or you have read, that's where it's going. Now, this seven years is split into two. What is happening is that this party will be taking place in the firmament. It's not heaven yet, according to scriptures. So it will be in the firmament. We are going to be bubbling, celebrating. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Now, now, this place on the earth, the first three and a half years is going to be a problem. Not a major one. There will be no peace on the, I mean, the rapture itself is going to cause a big commotion. And because of that, later on, a world leader will emerge. When that world leader emerged, one of the ways he's going to be accepted as a world leader is simply because he's going to solve a major problem. One of the major problems that is clear in the scripture is going to solve is the problem in the Middle East. All right? The Palestine and Israel problem will be solved once and for all. Israel is bent on building a temple site. Anyway, let me not go into that because it will rub into us. But I just wanted to quickly confirm one or two prophecies that says this would definitely happen. So in the first three and a half years, uh, one of the things that will be released for ease of movement or ease of government and things like that is that a sign will be introduced. Firstly, in these three and a half years, it's not compulsory. It's a sign called the sign of the beast. What's this called? Oh, you can't see it. This is the mark of the beast, the mark of the Antichrist. What is that? 666, very good. So now this mark of the beast, according to the Bible, all these things I will still show you. I'm just going with the story so that you can know where we are going to end up, as I'm saying. Now, it can only walk in two places. I mean, no, sorry. Uh, the Bible describes that this mark can only be in two places 
in your body. Is either the forehead or in the arm, in the area of your wrist. Okay? So, and those are the only two places that this sign could be. Now, this sign, when they introduced the computer chip, I tell you, I'm being honest with you. The first time I read, understood what I'm sharing with you today is about 30 years ago. I said 30, 30 something years ago. Computer technology has not reached where it has reached now. Nobody had a clue how it's going to work. Nobody. But today, uh, they've even told us that computer chip can work in just two places in the human body. The forehead and the wrist. Isn't that scary? So you now understand that it's going to be uh, this chip or this mark of the beast can easily come as a chip. Amen? Because these are binary. Now, if you don't understand how computers are written, computer coding, or it can also be written in numbers. All right? So uh, it's scary because we now know that, look, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The signs of the end times is here. Wars, rumors of war since 1944. Wars and rumors of war has been flying all over. This nation is mad against that nation, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So in the first three and a half years, it's going to be strictly voluntary. But in the last three and a half years, it will now be compulsory. If you do not take the mark, you will not be able to buy. You will not be able to sell. They are going to put restrictions. Some of you watching what's going on with the pandemic, it's almost looking like, is it, is it what is going on? Because, uh, anyway, I don't want to get into the controversies of that. But understand, this is not the end time, I can assure you that. But we are closer than when we first believed. I can tell you that as well. All right? This next three and a half years is when it's going to be tough. Where will you be when it's tough on the earth here? Where will you still be in the mighty name of Jesus? Where will you still be? Uh-huh. In heaven, you'll be bubbling with Jesus. So different disasters will be happening at that three and a half years. There are Bible prophecies that point to it. That's when stars will even drop from heaven that can even collapse one third of a nation because a, a star dropped from heaven. Disasters all over. But still, people... The Antichrist is going to come against Christ because Christians are the only ones that will resist. They know what is going on. Uh, well, I should not say Christians. Backsliding Christians who have now repented, praise God, and those who have accepted Jesus Christ during this period. But that time, the people who are going to still be preaching were backsliding people. May you not be there. All right. Praise God. Oh, I need to pray that prayer for you. So, people who have had similar messages like this, who have had, and rapture takes place, they would all of a sudden wake up that, whoa, rapture has taken place. They say, oh, and my mama used to tell me, and my papa used to tell me, and my friend used to tell me, and I used to go to that church 
until I didn't like the pastor's tie. One day he wore one tie I didn't like. Then I backslided, and so on and so forth. So different. So people will come back to the body of Christ at that time. They will come and accept Jesus Christ back. But at that time, the blood of Jesus does not avail for every anybody anymore. At that time, you have to save yourself with your own blood if you can make it. And the scripture says, well, if you did not prevail when men are on ground, how would you prevail when now men are now on horses? It's going to be, it's almost an impossible task. But it will be this bad. Let me describe one of the scenarios the scriptures describe. Deny Jesus Christ. You say, no, they will cut off one hand. Wrong. Deny Jesus Christ. You say, no, they will cut off the second hand. Deny Jesus Christ. They cut off one leg again. You say, no. Cut off the fourth leg. You say, no, until the person dies. This is biblical facts. All right? So, that's why it's easy at the time of grace now to get saved rather than wait for the time you get saved with your own blood. Do you understand? You are shaking your head. <laughs> Praise God. It's a lighter mood. In those days when they are teaching us this message, this is how everybody was all cringing. Praise God. Now, after this, then there will be a disruption, blah, blah, blah. Now, the question I was expecting that people who die like that, maybe they, got, they died during one of the disasters or the plane was flying, a plane crashed. Or, so they are still going to be part of these two billion people that their fate has not been determined. Praise God. Although opportunity to rectify has been closed. So that is why the Bible says there will be a second resurrection. That second resurrection will be after these people, you know they have resurrected body now. These ones that are dead, they don't have resurrected body yet. All right? Now they come, they now reign for a thousand years. That time Satan and the devil will be locked up for a thousand years. Are you listening to me? After the thousand years, he comes out. He's released. And he's going to go again and gather people. Praise God. Now, the people who is going to go and gather are the people who are also going to be resurrected at that time. It's not only believers that will have resurrected body. Some unbelievers will have re resurrected body too. Some unbelievers. Hello? Why? Because everybody is going to face a particular judgment. You see that white throne judgment? May you never be there for the white throne judgment or the judgment of believers. The judgment of believers is when believers are awarded according to the work they have done on the earth. They are going to be awarded accordingly. There are some people who will not, I repeat, they will not, I mean, they will, be, they will be resurrected. The only reason for their resurrection is to face the white throne 
judgment. Whosoever name is not found in the book of life, there are books. Books are referring to what everybody has done on the earth. You know, it's recorded. You don't know. Ah. What you said about your pastor that was not good yesterday is recorded. You don't know. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Everything you do on the earth is there. The good is there. So there are books and the book of life. So anyone whose name is not found in the book of life, it goes to eternal damnation. Praise God. That is a summary. I've tried to summarize it as much as possible. I hope you enjoyed the summary. All right. Praise God. Now let us now begin to go to the details. And I'll begin to show you. Now, we have previous time, but wherever we get to, we'll stop today. Then we'll finalize it next week. Amen. Who am I? <laughs> you still want to be who you are? Hello? I said, do you still want to be who you are? All right. Good. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Please be who you are. Amen. Praise God. So, there will be two resurrections. One has already taken place, which is Jesus Christ being resurrected from the dead. The other resurrection is the resurrection of believers. That is, those who are dead in Christ. Those who accepted Jesus Christ before they died. Because that's a form of resurrection. When you have accepted Jesus before your death. So, on the day of rapture, they are the ones who will move. Amen? Then... There is a resurrection of the remaining dead people. Do you understand? There are people who have died. They did not give their lives to Christ. They will not come in this first resurrection. The resurrection they will show up is the resurrection after the millennia. That is after the 1,000 years rule of Jesus Christ with the saints. And you know how that is going to happen. It's going to say, well done. My, my faithful servant, uh, um, um, Patrice, my faithful servant, you have been faithful. I saw your service. I saw your labor. You can now rule over three cities. Praise God. And they'll give you three cities. That city you are ruling over, who are you going to be ruling over there? Believers or unbelievers? Who can answer that question? <laughs> okay, we'll answer next week so that we'll go. Praise God. But think of that. I want answers. Oh, Joy knows the answer. Joy. Ah, you are just laughing. I saw you. That's the microphone. Let's hear it. <laughs> Believers, maybe. Maybe. Believers, because unbelievers cannot be in heaven anyway. So uh, Who told you it's heaven? In the, uh, I don't know. <laughs> who told you it's heaven? I don't it's know. The, new, the new millennium is not going to be in heaven. It's new heaven and new earth that we are going to have. Praise God. Okay. You see why we are taking this study now? You should know. If you go and meet Jehovah's Witness people, witnessing, where is... Uh, 
Odeton or Laton. Where is she? And your lab, where is she? If you go and meet Jehovah Witnesses, they will. This is where they major in. Has anybody had an encounter with Jehovah Witnesses? Uh, this is where they major in. They will just confuse. Then you'll be asking yourself, where is all the faith messages? Pastor is preaching. This one is not faith, it's reality of what's going on. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so you must know it. You must know it. This is the food that belongs to mature people. You must know what's going to happen after this age. And we are closer than when we first believed. You should know it line upon line, precept upon precept. You don't let anybody confuse you. Praise God. And that is how these other sects, so to speak, have born a lot of people. Because they'll try and tell you that it's in the Bible. And you go and read it, although they've turned it upside down. Praise God. You go and read it, you find some of the facts there. said, it's true. They don't talk about this thing in my church. I want you to know, and this is the reality. This is what's going to happen at the end of the day. You see? So you must understand. Everybody say, I hear. Uh-huh. You must hear and understand. Okay. Let's see the beautiful picture of the resurrection. Let's start with the resurrection because that's the next thing we are looking forward to. 1 Thessalonians 4.15. Before, somebody quickly, everybody, okay, put your finger in 1 Thessalonians 4.15. I think I should share scripture with you before because I told you a lot of stories. I don't like going on without just giving you something to go and chew on. If you are in First Thessalonians 4.15, put your finger there, then go to Revelations 20, Revelations 20, verse 6. Have you been blessed today? All right. Sorry, we diverted a little bit. I don't want to keep on teaching without giving you a mental picture of where we are going. Okay, 20... Verse 6, Sister Unida Mola, can you read that for us? Revelations 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Okay. It says, and when, okay, go on, verse 7. Verse 7. Verse 7. And when a thousand years are expired, expired mm-hmm. Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Yes. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, mm-hmm. Gog and Magog, Magog. Mm-hmm. to gather them together to battle. The number of of whom is, is as the sand, sand of the of sea. sea. Yes, verse, verse uh, nine. nine. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And, yeah. and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, and brimstone. Mm-hmm. where the beast and the false prophet are mm-hmm. and shall be tormented day and night forever and for, ever. Forever and ever. ever. Okay, then what will happen again goes on in verse 11. And I saw the white throne 
throne, and him that sat on it, for whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there were found no peace in them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. What did I call it initially? The books were opened. What's the books? Everything you have done on this earth. And another book was opened. You see, the books and another book. Okay? Watch the explanation. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. Uh, that book of life, what happens? When somebody gives his life to Christ, what happens to that book of life? It's just like swiper, swiper. When you swipe something, you know, it has a reading that it will show your name, your address, your... You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> when somebody gives his life to Christ, automatically that name records, that book records in heaven. Do you understand? All right. So the Bible now says, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the, in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead, huh? which were in it, and the dead, and the hell delivered up the dead which were in them. You see, people who have even gone to hell, they still have to come and attend to this white throne judgment. They still have to come. Do you understand? Okay. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And the dead and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This was the second death. Now, if you go back to the verse 6, he said, he talks about, look at verse 6 again. Quickly, I don't want to spend too much time here, but we will, I will still teach this next week, okay? Blessed and holy is he that part in the first resurrection. Don't miss the first flight. Are you listening? Don't miss the first flight. Do everything within you now to win the first flight. And those who, that's why believers don't cry. When people change address, you know why? The day a believer dies, that is his resurrection. You understand? If he lives very well to the day of death, you understand? Glory be to God. He has won the victory. He has fought well. And where we are going to meet again is at the feet of Jesus on the day of resurrection. You see the joy? You see why we don't mourn when believers transcend? Because we know that he only took an earlier flight. We will still meet in the, the first flight that God talked about. Just make sure that salvation is in place. Make sure you are saved. That's it. Amen? And if you are watching in the nations of the world, I'm saying the same thing. Make sure your salvation is intact. Don't miss this flight for anything. It's not worth it. If you are playing church right now, stop playing church. If you are playing around that, well, my parents are Christians. My, the prayer of my mother will save me. Uh. <clears throat> the prayer of my father will save me. Uh. <laughs> Praise God. There's no prayer saving anybody. It's you that you will confess with your own mouth. That Jesus is uh, Lord. Praise God. 
I hope you have learned something today. Okay, let's quickly. Oh, I just have a minute more. I didn't want, because I talked a lot about what I just said. I wanted to show you the scripture. And I think we are doing First Thessalonians 4.15. Let's just quickly do that then. Because here Paul was giving this by revelation about the coming of the Lord. Uh, porophia, that's what it's called. Okay, let's, let's leave that alone. We don't have much time. That's the Greek word for the coming of the Lord, rapture. You know, I told you, I said I'll give you the Greek word before. We can pick it up very well next week. Okay, let somebody read First Thessalonians 4, 15. Can Deacon help us out quickly? He's bringing the mic on. First Thessalonians 4, 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. We will not prevent those who are asleep. Who are the ones asleep that they are referring to? The dead people. See, as believers, we don't die. They say we are asleep. Why? Because they are going to wake up. It's only people who are sleeping that will wake up. So what about unbelievers that are dead? Let's leave them alone. Praise God. All right. Okay, let's go on. Yeah, God bless you, Deacon. Please go on. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. Go on. Then we who are alive we'll, and remain mm-hmm. shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and then we shall always be with the Lord. We shall always be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let me crack the joke we used to crack in those days. Now, it says the dead in Christ will do what? Will rise first. That's after the trumpet you sound, they will rise first. Then we that are alive will be what? Caught up in the air. Who will get to Jesus first? Who will get to Jesus first? Let's do some scriptural analysis. Who will get to Jesus first? The dead in Christ. They, they woke up first now. Hmm? Who knows the answer? Put up your If you know it, don't, don't come and give me the answer in, which we used to give in school. You wait for the brilliant ones to talk. Eh? You know, when the, when the lecturer says, what's the answer? What's the answer here? And you say, then you, you look around for the brilliant one. Say, when the brilliant guy, the one that normally comes first in class, says, two, then your own two will be like, two, two. They do. <laughs> Praise God. Then, when they say, okay, come and show me how it is true, then you say, everybody read it again. We don't know how it is true. We just know it's true. All right. So, who can tell me the answer? Which ones will get to Jesus first? Yes. Ah, the community. Thank you. Quickly prepare your questions. Questions, questions, questions. Anybody? Yeah. Question? So verse 17 said, um, 
that we will, we will get together at the same time. So there's no, there's no, nobody will go. Praise God. Yeah. Clap for him. He says it's good to be together. <laughs> Who cares whether you are first class, middle class, economy, whatever. Just get on that flight. That's all I know. Just make sure you're on that flight. Amen? And the Lord will bless you mightily in Jesus' name. Uh, if you have any questions, any question, just put up your hand. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday at 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.